Chris. Okay, let's turn to our Bibles. And <clears throat> today, um, we'll talk about God's treasures. And uh, God always wanted to uh, have a relationship with his people. We'll go right back to the book of Genesis and uh, chapter 22. It talks there with... Uh, um, he had this uh, relationship with Abraham. In Genesis chapter 22 and verse 15, it gets to the point where Abraham was, God had uh, asked him to go up and offer his son as a sacrifice to the Lord. And uh, Abraham couldn't quite grasp the concept, but he thought, all right, God said to do it, so he would. In verse 15, uh, he was about to uh, offer his son, and the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself I have sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, has not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in thee blessing will I bless thee, and in multiplying will I multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gates of his enemies, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. And really that's uh, that last line, if you like, is what God was looking for uh, in Abraham uh, or anybody, uh, that uh, the relationship became... God was prepared to, to come down and talk to, if you like, to an individual, but that individual had to, if you like, obey the Lord's work and his, and his word. We go to Exodus and chapter 19. We see here a, a little bit later uh, Abraham uh, was there at this stage uh, uh, in the uh, area around Israel today. And uh, he was there for a number of years and obviously had uh, uh, his uh, his son and <clears throat> they had uh, sons and, and then became Jacob and he had 12 sons and uh, uh, they were established here in the land. They sold uh, Joseph down into Egypt and then the famine came, came upon the land and uh, uh, Jacob and his family moved down into Egypt and they were there. From the time of Abraham until the time of the Exodus, as we were told again in, uh, uh, I think it's Thessalonians or somewhere there, 430 years. They were in that, that time period. So we're talking here from when I first, first bit there where he spoke to Abraham <coughs> till now. We're talking about 430 years as after, when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, um, in verse chapter 19 and verse 18, verse 16 rather, uh, we see here it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunderings and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount and the voice of the trump exceeding loud so that all the people that were in the camp trembled and Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God and they stood at the part of the mount and at Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire, in in, uh, in fire, and the smoke thereof descended as the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked. And uh, 
And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moses spake and God answered him by a voice. So here we got Moses having this one-on-one with God uh, and they went up onto the mountain. The mountain was shaking and there was thunder and there was lightning, so it was a pretty exciting place. But Moses went up and spoke to God and God spoke to Moses and they had this coming together, this relationship that uh, that uh, was developing there. And uh, over in chapter 24, I just want to sort of go through a few things leading up to a little bit later. Chapter 24, verse 3, and <clears throat> Moses went up, as we said there, and after that God gave Moses the law and all the bits and pieces that went with it. So he was talking uh, from chapter 19 to the end of ch- chapter 23 or thereabouts about the laws of God, the Ten Commandments he started with and then the laws that followed and uh, uh, this situation, that situation, all that sort of thing. In, ver- in chapter 24 and just in verse 3, <clears throat> Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments and all the people answered with one voice and said, all the words which the Lord has said, we will do. So here they are, now they've established themselves, so Abraham and then Moses and now the, these people, uh, obviously Abraham's descendants, uh, they, were, they were happy to do what the Lord said to do. Where whatever you, what the law he said and uh, whatever it was, we will do it. <coughs> if we go over to the book of Ezekiel, Jump around a bit for a while. Keep you on your toes. Chapter 16 of Ezekiel. And this is obviously many years down the track. Um, chapter 16 and verse uh, verse 8. And the Lord uh, is talking here, right at the beginning, he talks about talking to Jerusalem once again, uh, his people. And in verse 8, now when I passed by thee and looked upon thee, behold, thy time was a time, uh, the time of love, and I spread my skirt over thee and covered thy nakedness. Yea, I swear unto thee and entered into a covenant with thee, saith the Lord God, and thou becamest mine. Then washed I thee with water. Yea, I thoroughly washed away my, thy blood from thee and anointed, with, anointed thee with oil, and I clothed thee also uh, with broided work and shod thee with badger's skins. That would be exciting, wouldn't it? And I girded, girded thee with fine linen and I covered thee with silk. And I decked thee also with ornaments and I put bracelets upon thy hands and a chain on thy neck and I put a jewel in thy forehead and earrings in thine ears and a beautiful crown upon thy head. Thus was thou decked with the gold and silver, and thy raiment was with fine linen and silk and broided work, or broided work. Thou didst eat fine flour and honey and oil, and thou was exceeding beautiful, and thou didst prosper in a kingdom. So the Lord is saying, this is what I've done for you. I've set you up. I'm not sure he literally gave them jewels in their forehead and all that sort of thing, but he was identifying the beauty he gave to his people and uh, how he set them up, 
as his and they would be his. They said, no, we want to, we'll do whatever you say. Obviously, they didn't quite stick to that. But <clears throat> the Lord is saying, I've covered you, I've covered your sin, I've done everything for you and uh, I've set you up as, as exceedingly beautiful and you did prosper in the kingdom or in the land that you uh, now uh, are established in. And in uh, <clears throat> verse 13, there was, there was deck, uh, we said that. Uh, verse 14, there were, and thy renown went forth among the heathen and for thy beauty, for it was perfect through my comeliness, which I have put upon thee, saith the Lord. In verse 15, but thou didst trust in thine own beauty and played the harlot because of thou, thy renown and pourest out thy fornications on every one that passed by, uh, his it was. And so he goes on, and uh, uh, and they sort of went away from the Lord. The Lord set them up, and and he took them and went aside. So we go over to verse 60, same chapter, verse 60. The Lord is saying again here, Nevertheless, I will remember my covenant with thee in the days of thy youth. I will establish unto thee an everlasting covenant. Then thou shalt remember thy ways and be ashamed when thou shalt receive thy sisters and thy elder and thy younger, and I will give them unto thee for daughters, but not by thy covenant. And I will establish my covenant with thee, and thou shalt know that I am the Lord. And that's really what he wanted. The Lord all the way along wanted this covenant, this agreement, this coming together with his people. As an individual, as we saw a bit earlier about Abraham, Moses, then as a group of people, and now once again he's pleading as an individual. He wants to have this relationship, this covenant with these people, those that would call him the Lord God, those that would be his, and they would call out to him and ask him and, and worship him. And that's, that was the covenant that God talked about. We go over to the book of Hebrews and uh, chapter 9, and uh, we read this at times, chapter 9 of the book of Hebrews, we see... Uh, Maybe chapter 10 first. It's, uh, chapter 10 of Hebrews and, and verse 16. He said, there, This is the covenant that I will make with, thee, with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. And in chapter 9 there, it uh, talks about a bit more about, uh, in verse 11, uh, Christ being come and as a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building. So he was explaining, this is the covenant I want to talk about. I want to put their law in their hearts. I want to put the spirit of God within them that they may know me, they may have a relationship one-on-one with me, their heavenly Father, that uh, we can walk together and we can talk together and we can be together. 
and uh, you can worship me and I will answer your needs. And these are the things that God wanted all the way along, right from the time of Abraham right through until today. God wants a relationship with an individual, also as a, as a group and so on, but particularly as an individual, one-on-one. Moses was the one who went up to the mountain on his own. He came down to the people and said, this is what God wants us to do. Oh, yes, we'll do that. And it didn't last long and they were gone. But that God, nevertheless, let's go back to the covenant I made with you back in the time of the uh, on Mount Sinai. And thousands of years later he said, I remember the covenant we had back then. We will do it. And, and God doesn't forget things. We do, of course, but God uh, realised that mankind couldn't keep the law and he came up, as it says here, with a better way and uh, and, and wasn't a place that was made by hands, just a, not a building, not a tabernacle, not a some amazing church or something, but an individual, one-on-one. I want to deal with you and your circumstance, and your situation, and whatever you're going through, I want to be there with you. And we go through things in life, and God is wanting to be there with us. But he wants a covenant with us. He wants a relationship with us as we do these things, as we walk through life, as we walk with him. As he said, I've I've made the available. I've made the place that you and I can gather together. If we go back to uh, <clears throat> the book of Exodus, back uh, in the, right back at the beginning in chapter 19 of the book of Exodus, verse 4, or verse 3, Moses went up, and, up to God and the Lord called out to him in the mountain, saying, Thus shall thou say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and now I bear you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my command and my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar, peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine, or a special people, <clears throat> or a special treasure, because... As he said there, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep the covenant, keep that relationship with me, then you become a very special treasure to me. That's what God was wanting. We go to First Peter, New Testament, chapter 2, First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. He's talking here, Jesus was... The Lord was, as Peter was writing here, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar or special people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. So God is once again saying to you and I, if you do these things, then you're special to me. If you follow my commandments, as he said in Exodus, and he's saying here, you're a special treasure to me. 
You're special people. You're a special individual. And I'm there watching whatever you do, whatever you're going through, whatever your situation is, I'm there with you. What he wants us to be, as he, if we read a few times, he wants to obey his voice. And his word, his voice has said unto us, we need to be repentant, to be baptised and be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's it for us, and to walk with him. It's a simple approach to God. It didn't have to keep hundreds of laws, 600-odd laws they had to keep in the Old Testament and the Ten Commandments and 600 other, other laws to keep, and they couldn't. You and I, we turn away from what we've been involved in and we get ourselves baptised in water, bury the old way of life, the old man, the, the things we used to do, and rise up and be filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. A new start, a new beginning, a new language to go with it, to have the relationship with God. One on one, we can speak to him. Wherever we are, whatever we're doing, we're close to God. He's there with us. We're driving the car, he's sitting there with us, if you like. Wherever we are at night, three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, and you feel as though very much on your own, you're not. God's with you. He's there looking after you. Jesus is within you through the Holy Ghost looking after us because we're his special treasure if we obey his voice. We read that <coughs> right back in the time of Abraham, Moses, the children of Israel, all the way through. That's what God wanted. He wanted us to be his special people, his special treasure. Let's go back to uh, Matthew, the book of Matthew in chapter 13. We see here just a, a little parable that Jesus spoke about. Matthew 13 and verse uh, 44. He was talking here about the kingdom of God and he said again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto the treasure hid in a field, which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof, goeth and sell all that he has and buys the field. And that's what the Lord's done for us. He saw the world as the field and he saw you and I as his treasure and he sold everything. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that if we believe in him we can be saved. God gave everything. He gave his best. He gave his begotten, only begotten son that you here today can be his special treasure. Whether we're filled with the Holy Spirit for 50 years or we haven't got there yet, God wants us to be his special treasure. He paid the price. He saw you and I in this field, in this world, struggling, going through difficulties or whatever, and God bought this, bought you and I and thought, well, I'm, here's a special thing for me. I'll give everything for it. My son, for his life, for our life. And God did that for us. And he's still wanting you and I to have that special relationship with him. We go over to the book of Luke. 
Let's go back to Hosea first, just to keep you on your toes. Let's start looking for what is he talking about now. Chapter 2 of Hosea. I'll give you a hint, it's in the Old Testament. How's that? That help? Chapter 2, verse 6. Therefore, behold, I will hedge up thy way with thorns and make a wall that she shall not find her paths, and she shall follow after her lovers, but she shall not overtake them, and she shall seek them, but she shall not find them. Then shall she, she say, I will go and return to my first husband, for then was it better with me than now. Israel, in this situation, she is, is the children of Israel, God's special people, and they'd gone astray and gone after, as he said back in Ezekiel, gone off to somewhere else, into this world, and doing whatever they liked, and turn away from God, their heavenly father, their first husband. They turned away and went, no, I want to go and we want to do this. We read that in Ezekiel. The Lord dressed them up and made them beautiful and, and, they, and showed them to the world and say, look, there are my people. And they went off. And he said, nevertheless, I'll keep the covenant with them. And here again, Israel, married to their first husband. No, we don't like the look of him. We'll go to the next one. And that's what he's saying here. And they said, I will go and return. They realized, hang on a minute, I should have been back with the Lord. And how often do we do that? We sort of get sidetracked and think, no, I can do this, I can do that, and uh, I can sort my life out and, uh, and whatever. And if we turn back to the Lord, to our first husband, he's still there waiting. He's still there wanting us as his special treasure. Come, let us reason together, he says in the book of Isaiah. Let us sit down and talk to one another. What's your difficulty? What's your problem? Come and tell me. Let's sort it out. Let's go to uh, verse 23, same chapter. Verse 23, And I will sow her unto me in the earth, and I will have mercy upon her that have not obtained mercy. And I will say to them which are not my people, Thou art my people, and they shall say, Thou art my God. Whoever can come to the Lord, whoever can be, have God as their husband, whoever can have God as their heavenly father, and we can draw on him and call on him, and whatever our situation is, God wants us to be his special treasure. Let's go back to the book of Luke. Chapter 15, we see here, and we know this story of the uh, prodigal son. In verse 11, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said unto his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me. And he divided them under li <coughs> uh, his living. And not many days after, the youngest said, Gather, uh, youngest son gathered all together uh, and took his journey into a far country, and they'd wasted his substance with riotous living. That sounds familiar to a lot of us. We're in the world and riotous living. That was my life. I loved it. Uh, and uh, 
riotous behaviour and so on. And when he had spent all that he, uh, there, uh, there arose a mighty famine in that land and he began uh, to be in the, the shadows coming across the words. That's why they were sort of changed that a little bit. Now I can see what I'm looking at. Um, and he came to, to be want. In other words, he was starting to get a bit hungry himself. And he went and joined himself to the citizens of that country and uh, he sent into him, the, him into the fields to feed the swine and he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that was the swine did eat, and no man gave him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am not worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of, of thy hired hands." And he arose and came to his father. And so many of us were in that situation. We were doing whatever we wanted to do. We were out there in the world and, and uh, in riotous living. And sometimes, uh, even in, uh, once we've come to the Lord, we, we do that again. Uh, people move off and they get caught up. And we th- I think, oh, hang on a minute. I wonder if the Lord is the answer. I wonder if that's what I should do. I wonder if I should go back uh, to where I was, where I was baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, where, and let, let me, let me repent again. Maybe the Lord will take me on again. And he came to his, when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. And that's what the Lord sees in us as we turn our heart back to him and he had compassion as God has compassion. He ran and fell on his neck and kissed him and he recognised, hang on a minute, he is one of mine returning back home. Yes, he got himself into strife and, and all sorts of things. He went away and spent all the money I gave him or whatever, but he's back. He's back with me. And we can see that we can put ourselves in that situation and we turn back to God. Whatever our situation is, we turn back to him. We call out to him in in a moment uh, of of, uh, despair or uh, wondering, is he real, is he not? That's what I did. I wondered, I didn't believe he existed, but uh, prepared to get baptised to see whether he was real or not. And when I received the Holy Spirit, in effect, I turned and said, all right, if, well, I remember saying, if you're real, I'll follow you. If you're not, I've gone. On the, uh, on a Friday night at a little house meeting, God filled me with the Holy, the Holy Spirit and it was a shock because he was real. He was alive and I'd turned back to him And he accepted me, as he does all of us. Whatever your circumstance, God's waiting for you to run to him. God's waiting for you because you are his special treasure. That's what he wants. And and we see here in verse 21, the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I'm not worthy to be called thy son. 
But the father said unto his servants, Bring forth the best robe, put it on him, put forth a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Put on him the robe of righteousness. Back on us again. We're right in God's sight. The robes of righteousness, the ring on his finger, the authority of God. That's what it was originally in those days. The, the ring was the, the authority. They put a bit of wax on there and put their ring on there with their name or whatever. That was their authority. It's like us signing documents now. They signed it with the ring on their finger. God gave him the authority to be his son. He put shoes on his feet. Remember back in the time of Moses, he said, don't come near me. There's a holy place, take your shoes off. You're not worthy to come before me with your shoes on. Now we are. God said, put shoes on their feet. You are worthy to come before me. Stand before me your heavenly Father. All of us are are in that situation now. We've put on the robes of righteousness. We have God's authority. We've been sealed with the Holy Ghost. God's seal. And we've put the shoes on that we can come in and out, come boldly before the throne of God with any time of the day or night. Doesn't matter. God has made us special. He's put us in a special spot. And uh, we we don't think, oh, no, I can't make it. As the son said, oh, I'm not worthy. I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned against you. I'm in a mess. No, you're not. You're God's special person. We need to recognize that. Whatever your situation is, whether you're uh, here today, maybe maybe you're troubled about something, maybe you're sick, maybe you're just sad, maybe things are not quite working as they ought to work in your life. God is your answer. Come along today. He wants to have a relationship with you as an individual, one-on-one, that you can come before him today and repent, say, look, what I've done is a mess. But God can take over. As the son here came before his father and he said, look, I've made a mess of it. I'm out there with the pigs That's the best I could come up with. The Lord said, you come in here, right into my throne. Sit with Christ on the right hand of God. You have the authority. You have the righteousness. You have the right to stand with me, before me, and seated with us on the right hand of God with Christ Jesus. We read that in the scriptures. That's where God's put us. And don't you dare think you're lower than that. God has risen us up. He gave his son for you and I, for his special treasure. Let's go to Matthew chapter 11. Back this way just to close off. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 11. And, and really uh, we see here, if we are in these situations, maybe we're, we're looking for a bit of peace or, or uh, comfort or strength in our life, because we're troubled and there's things not quite working, whatever we're doing. Jesus has got the answer. He said there in verse 28 of chapter 11 of Matthew, he said, You come unto me, all ye that labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. If we're troubled, we're heavy laden, the things of this life are burdening, burdening us down, 
Jesus is the answer. Whatever our trouble is, whatever our situation is, Jesus is our answer. And we come to him. We don't just go to this person, that person, whatever, that organisation, doesn't matter. We go to Jesus because he's there with us whatever time of the day or night it is. When we get sick, quite often we get sick at 2 o'clock in the morning for some reason. But Jesus Christ is there with us to raise us up, to give us comfort and strength. Come unto me, he said, all you that are... uh, uh, the labour, the trying, struggling in life, heavy laden with with the grief and and difficulties and sickness and 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 sadness and all sorts of things that that trouble our daily life. Jesus said, "Come and talk to me about it, because you are my special treasure. You and I can sit down together and reason one with another. Let us come and talk." together. Let us be one-on-one, you and I. What's your problem? I can sort it out. That's what Jesus is saying here. He said, uh, verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest under your souls. And that's, excuse me, that's what we need. We need rest for our souls because we're looking for the future. It's nice here today. It's sort of getting warmer in here. But we're looking, as as uh, Abraham did, for, a, for another city that's built by God. That's our aim. And Jesus will get us there, filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, he said, you come and learn. All you have to do is cast your cares on me because I care for you. Do that today. Come forward, get yourself baptised, get yourself filled with the Holy Spirit, have some prayer about your situation because Jesus Christ wants to fix it. You're his special treasure, all the people said. Amen. Amen.